Hello and welcome to the Venus and Vesta Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. This is September Stars and it is a jam-packed month. And of course, we are dealing with all the planets, or no, sorry, not all the planets. We are dealing with six planets in retrograde and one asteroid. So that's seven heavenly cosmic bodies in retrograde. So a time of introspection and... Um, looking inwards. It's an inward journey for September, but there are so many good things to pan out during September. So here it all is in one episode. Uh, But there are also a couple of long running aspects that I wanted to look at first. And one of those is the fact that the North Node, which is our destiny point, not long been in Aries, is now at 25 degrees Aries and is conjunct Eris. Eris is also known as strife. (laughs) And so therefore you think, oh, no, what is Eris going to bring me? But she has a similar quality to to Lilith in that, you know, antiquity might portray her as strife. But really, when we update that look, this is a woman who stands up for what she believes in and doesn't really care what you think. So she's an out and out there feminist and someone who, well, you know, back then she wouldn't have even known the name feminist. But yeah, there she is standing up for what is true and what is right and pointing out the um, the weirdness, the stupidity, the um, the unfairness that goes on in society. Eris is known as a dwarf planet, but really she almost acts like a fixed star because she's so long been in Aries. Uh, She's been in Aries for at least 50, maybe 60 years. And um, she's going to be there for a while longer. And she's at 25 degrees Aries right now. And so is the North Node. So the North Node destiny point is sitting on Eris. And therefore, the North Node Destiny Point is going, hey, you know, what have we got to bring about in the future here that really needs pointing out something really obvious that is unfair in society that dare not speak its name? Yeah, Eris is going, I'm going to say it. I'm ready to point out this uh, weirdness, this anomaly, anomaly, sorry. I'm going to point out this anomaly. Because remember, Eris is the person, the lady who was uninvited, as in NFI, not invited to the the wedding of Peleus and Thetis. And they are the parents of Achilles. And they were having this enormous wedding. Thetis is is a goddess in her own right and lives under the sea. And there's a really good story about her in The Song of Achilles, which is a great book. I think Margaret George, but I'll check that later. Um, yeah, so so they were having a wedding and uh, they invited all the great and all the good except for Eris because shock horror, she was um, she was a single lady. And well, we all know how hard it is as a single lady going to a wedding on your own. Sometimes it feels a bit nerve wracking. You do need a wingman. You do need someone to go with. And um, so there was Eris not invited I don't think in those days you could bring a wingman. It wasn't it wasn't like that. So she decides to turn up anyway. I think props to her. That's quite a brave move um, to just turn up. One, uninvited. Two, on your own. But then when she gets there, you know, 
wedding guests all in shock horror, she throws down the apple of discord. And on the apple, it says to the fairest. So she's kind of asking a question amongst the wedding guests. And this then, the gods then decide that this is too difficult a question. They Well, not too difficult, but they don't want to be responsible for naming the fairest. And here it kind of shows up all the inequalities in society as she throws this apple down to the fairest. No one can decide because it's not fair to say who is the fairest. And also the idea that female fairness, as in beauty, not in, as in fair medium dark kind of thing fairness beauty is something that is considered to be the exalted prize the thing to have and so she's almost calling that out as well as she throws this down this apple down so this apple says to the fairest, no one can answer it. The gods write, well, let's get someone else to answer that question. And they nominate Paris, good looking, gorgeous Paris. So Paris is chosen to be the arbitrator here because the gods don't want this dirty job. And he has the three goddesses sort of bribing him. They each bribe him. And Hera then says, well, I will give you the chance to be the king, the king of all of Europe and Asia. I mean, what a prize for this kind of guy who's just kind of turned up and once um, pro uh, once judged the, the prize ball absolutely fairly. So he was that's why he was chosen. And so he he's like a nobody in, in that sense, uh, in the sense of the gods and the kings and queens and the great and the good that are all at this wedding. And so now he has to um, judge this. So Hera says, you're going to be the king of all of Asia and 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 Europe. And wow, what a prize. So that must be very appealing for somebody. Um, and then Athena, of course, she's the goddess of war. She's a warrior goddess and she has such profound wisdom. And she offers this to him to be the most amazing warrior and, you know, be renowned for his skills in warship and and actually to have really deep wisdom. And, you know, you know, again, what an appealing bribe that is. And then Aphrodite steps up and she offers him, she's Aphrodite, goddess of beauty, aligned with Venus. She's Venus in human form. So when Venus, the planet, Aphrodite is the person, if you like, um, here on earth in these tales. And so Aphrodite here says, look, I will give you as your wife, the most beautiful woman on the planet. And of course, that is Helen. Now, Helen, um, he sees the image of Helen and, you know, she gives him the vision and he's just transfixed. And again, here now we're having this kind of contest of the women, you know, these goddesses really demeaning themselves to fight to be the fairest and taking bribes. And it really is a, um, a demonstration or highlighting the pettiness of humanity. So there is... Again, this is Eris, the daring to come up and show the pettiness of human of society where she's not allowed to be at this wedding. And this to the fairest, she's got them all squabbling over that. And so she's showing them this. And then Paris, instead of choosing all these exalted wisdom, warrior, you know, kingship, he chooses the prettiest woman. And again, it's just showing you, you know, how shallow humanity and people can be in this and there is Paris 
offered everything the world can give, but chooses the prettiest woman once he sees her picture that he the, the vision that Aphrodite sends him. So, you know, this this is all um you know, Eris must be sort of laughing to herself. I mean, look at you all. Um, first of all, putting yourself up for this um, and giving bribes when really this is so beneath you. And then the man himself not choosing something of credit, but choosing just, you know, pretty girl. God, it's just showing you what is wrong with our society through and through. And so there is Eris. She is throwing down this apple to show us where our pettiness lies and to really call it out. And therefore, of course, we now know that um, Paris chooses Helen and she's all married to the king of Sparta, Manelaus, and um, he he kidnaps her and I think she kind of goes yeah dude I'm coming with you because he's gorgeous and then she gets trapped in in Troy and um or she gets and yeah so the the Trojan war starts and it lasts for 10 years so this question this question that Eris asks starts a 10-year war and a profound war with so many heroes involved and complex stories which are all fascinating and some of the films just don't do it justice. So I love reading about this stories going through and through. But anyway, so this heiress is, you know, you can see why she gets called strife because of look at all the strife she has caused. But really, she's just showing up the pettiness and going, well, you know, I'm honest, I'm true. And in Aries, I, I like this is um, there are more. Uh, I'm going to just show you up where there are um, you're considering things beneath you. Let's go for something a bit more, you know, exalted here. Eris will point those things out. So Eris is with the North Node. And again, here we are in society looking at quite uh, things that maybe, you know, we're being distracted by things of, you know, trying to get children to change genders when they're prepubescent. Um, and people actually taking this seriously. And then, you know, the, the, the idea that we're looking at these kind of... Um, ideas that we really shouldn't be considering. There are much worthier causes to look at, such as the trafficking of children or, or you know, you know where or who's spending all our taxes. Yet, but we're distracted by so many petty, petty things. And Harris, Harris with the North Node, I think is going to bring about and show us throughout September where we are looking at ridiculous things that are beneath us. And we really need to be concentrating on something far more exalted and appropriate to our station. So I just wanted to point out that for the beginning of or for the whole of September, these two are going to be buddying up and the doorway to some of those ridiculous ideas might be uh, in the news and uh, making us realise, making so many of us realise how we get distracted by the news media and things that go on in society. So coming back to the early of September, on the 3rd of September and the 4th in UK and Australia, but the 3rd of September in, definitely in America, we have Venus at last going direct for you at last. Now, Venus has been in Leo for this is for this whole retrograde so it is definitely the concern of our heart and we may have found you know that during this period our heart and what it contains has been cracked open and perhaps on this last day we're going to really recognize that 
And maybe there's a leverage here to implement, you know, to open up. The, it's like the let's get the crack open. Let's lever this heart open and let the light come in. And this is a day to do it. The third stroke, fourth of September. Being also in Leo, we want to check that the heart is sending out the right vibe and we may have upgraded our attitude to so many things and potentially, Leo, we're going to be wearing the crown. Are you wearing your crown with pride? They don't call it a lion's pride for nothing. This is like I'm, um, this is us all stepping up. And maybe this day, the third, fourth, it's like a recognition of where we want to go and um, everything we've been through during the retrograde period. And for another long running aspect, I want to note that as Venus is about to go direct, as she turns direct at 12 degrees Leo, she's also conjunct Juno. Um, so she's moving forward from a conjunction with Juno and Juno in the chart is a little star aspect with a, a cross underneath it. And as Venus moves forward, she's conjunct Juno and she's conjunct the moon. So it's like the moon is kind of giving this whole effort, um, a big sway. And then on the on, I think it's the moon passes. So Juno start again. Sorry. As Venus goes direct, she sits at 12 degrees for quite some time and is joined by Juno. And on the ninth, the, the moon joins them too. So they're kind of getting a big flourish of energy here. And Juno and Venus, as they move forward, are going to move through the rest of her retrograde process through the shadow zone. I mean, not well, she's she's obviously going direct through the degrees that she has recently retrograded through. So this is the third pass over these parts. So she went forward to 28 degrees, backward to 12. And now she's going forward again over this 12 to 28 degrees that she's joined by Juno. Juno is the marriage broker. So as she moves forward, hand in hand with Juno, over 13 degrees, 14 degrees, they get to 15 degrees. And there they uh, make a square to Jupiter, uh, who's about to go, who, who goes retrograde on the day that or the day after Venus goes direct. So then Juno and Venus keep on going 19 degrees, 20 degrees right to the end of the month. And um on the 29th of September, Juno and Venus are at 22 degrees Leo and they're square Uranus. So really, this is like a relationship buzz. This is concentration on who you're forming relationships with and are they aligning with your heart energy and do you have to do work on them? I mean, in a way, it's really positive that you can upgrade all those ideas that you've been working on the inner planes on your own heart and now moving forward, you're working on other people, on on your relationships and, you know, are you putting in the quality and are you getting back the quality? And maybe that's an agreement between you both, whoever it is, um, for to be, I get an enhanced love energy between you, really. This is a time to reignite relationships, re-establish them um, and to agree to work with them together, to, to agree to have your heart energy aligned. So it's really good that Venus and Juno are working, moving together right through this shadow zone. And they're actually going to get to the end of Leo together. 
So that's a really nice piece of bringing in um, or establishing good partnerships and and warmth between partnerships, love between work partnerships. And also it has to be said, good boundaries. You know, the sovereign soul meets, you know, I'm meeting you, king and queen and or king and king, queen and queen, whatever it is. You know, I'm meeting my partner or a partner, whoever it is, face to face and in an in equal way with good boundaries and a good um, position of self. I'm not losing myself in the other or 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 taking off them or whatever it's I'm standing my own ground but meeting you in a really nice and there's a really nice meditation to do between two people is to do the figure of eight so down into their sacral up to the heart doing the figure of eight down to your sacral up to your heart and do that figure of eight and then do it the other way um start at the heart down to the sacral up to their heart down to their sacral from there up to your heart and this figure of create this figure of eight flow between two people and i think this is really good for this leo period um in the venus shadow zone so we have got good things coming up because of of course this leo this sorry this retrograde period hasn't always been easy and we've now got six planets in retrograde this recent retrograde involved a lot of Lilith energy which is as I say very similar to Eris anyway and so we've had now we've got six planets in retrograde or we did have six until Venus went forward and one one asteroid which is Chiron and so this is has been a time to reconsider ruminate and perhaps you know it's a, been a pause in our flow but like you know Venus um asked us to look into our hearts during this retrograde and Lilith's like standing by going taking no prisoners here and so we've been going reconsidering what our heart energy is and we're going retreating perhaps into our own quagmire of our own making but you know there is this saying you know when you go when you get down go deeper you know when you go when you're feeling really low go lower really explore what is down there so now with all these planets in retrograde or we have been in retrograde. Now we it's like the wave on the beach. It's gone backwards, it's backwards. And what is it revealing on the beach, on your own personal beach? Um, and of course, it's time to reflect, to journal, to meditate and to understand things from a different angle. But now that Mercury is retrograde in Virgo, this is a time to make better plans, to, to, to make plans, even if you weren't making them, to plan things. Mercury is retrograde in um, Virgo. The sun is in Virgo. And so that they, Virgo, loves making plans. Remember that these are plans, not goals. And with that Virgo energy, it's, it's, you know, making small ideas, new habits, you know, creating new ways of thinking or writing or adjusting new food, you make your diet uh, more pure and cleaner and living and behaving in a more um, um, appropriate way to, you know, actually feeling like you have the integrity there. And so mantras here are really important. Dedications, making small gifts and tokens, little small details and all these seemingly minimal tasks that we might be going up to with Mercury in retrograde is going into the melting pot for for when 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 the planets go direct one by one we're going to be ready and in february we have a period of apdm all planets in direct motion 
And in that period, it's like, wish is the wave going forward and we want to be ready. So yes, go inwards now and do the planning and don't be frustrated when things don't flow forward. There will be time enough for full speed ahead. But coming back to Venus going direct and, you know, all our newfound heart wisdom, confidence and adjusting our crown, we then within 24 hours, we have to adjust that and be ready for Jupiter retrograde. Jupiter goes retrograde um, on the 4th of September. Um, and in the UK, Venus is going to be retrograde in the afternoon of the third. So in in a in America, it's um, on the third, and in Australia, it's the fourth. And then Jupiter goes retrograde on the afternoon of the fourth, but um, in Australia, it's going to be the fifth. So there's this the third, fourth, fifth, depending on where you are in the world. This is when Venus initially goes forward, and then Jupiter goes retrograde. And this is like a little tight turnaround. And these are two positive planets. They're really nice planets that are really giving us gifts and putting us in abundance and positivity. And actually, as they turn one direct, the other forward, they're very close to each other in a square. So they're squaring each other. So it's a, a close square between a positive thing and another positive thing. So this is feisty. This is thrilling. This is exciting. It's really good for enhancing whatever you have around those degrees. And this is because they are, it's a, it's a retrograde to go forward and then another retrograde. This is more like now you've got this inner smile. And this is that inner smile. Keep it inside. Keep your smile inside. It's like the pop that goes inside when you go, yep, I'm happy. I'm good. Because it's the heart energy and it's the mind energy too, the body energy, because obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but Jupiter is now retrograde in Taurus. Now, Jupiter is obviously the planet of abundance. Um, and it doesn't mean that when it goes retrograde, there's going to be no abundance or that there's less abundance. But really, it does mean that we have to check our doubts about abundance. It means that we can, you know, we, if we have a lack attitude and so many of us do, and it's just lurking in the background, uh, you know, that we don't understand or not feeling the flow of positivity, of abundance, of money, of gifts and being in the flow of universal alignments. And maybe this Jupiter going retrograde, it's where we might um, check where our abundance is coming from or check where it's not coming from and check why it's not coming from there. You know, what is our feeling in our body about abundance and, and maybe lack as well? Because this is Taurus, Taurus energy, which when you want to feel it in the body as well. How are you feeling about that in your body? You know, the body records everything. The body knows the score. And maybe we're carrying some kind of cell memory in there of past lives or past incidences where there's been bodily trauma or there's been real lack and poverty where you've perhaps are still now blocking your flow of abundance. So here is Jupiter um, maybe asking you to look at where you ha have desire or lack of desire or where you want to have things, but you're not allowing yourself to feel the desire, which is more probably likely if you go deeper. And maybe you're feeling like you don't deserve good things and maybe or maybe that um 
you know, it's, it's, it's not appropriate for you. Or maybe you're feeling not feeling secure. Taurus wants you to be secure and Jupiter will ensure there that, you know, is expanding those feelings of where you're feeling secure or not and where you may be having wealth or not and maybe where you want to feel comfortable and in your body and feeling really quite, um, got to be said, sexy too. So this is Jupiter going retrograde, checking in on all those places where you then now, when it goes forward, want to get yourself back in alignment. And I mean alignment with all the wonderful richness and chi of this glorious planet. And, you know, a time to feel into that flow and get yourself back on that gravy train. And that's part of, you know, the inner work again, more inner work of at least seeing the parts of you that are fearful or insecure or doubting of that. So from the fourth stroke, fifth, really, we are back with seven heavenly bodies back in retrograde. So there was only a small window when it went down to six. We're back at seven until the 15th. And that's the it's six planets and one asteroid, Chiron, all in retrograde. And this lasts until the 15th of September when Mercury goes forward. So from from Mercury going forward, of course, whenever there is an inner planet going retrograde, there's going to be a Kazemi. Now, the two planets that are inner planets, that means they're in between the sun and the earth. They That's their orbit goes within our path, um, which is both Mercury and Venus. We've had the Venus Kazemi. Now we're going to have uh, the Mercury Kazemi. This happens on the 6th of September. And this is where Mercury is moving in front of the sun from our point of view. It's passing between Earth and the sun. And only Mercury and Venus do this. And it's called an inferior conjunction. And they only do that on the retrograde. When they're going forward from our point of view, they're on. They're still conjunct the sun, but they'll be on the other side of the sun to, from our point of view. And when they come forward, in, it's like from our point of view, it looks like they're going back. They're not really going backwards, but it feels like the retrograde here from our view. So this point uh, of the Kazemi on the 6th of September is like a phenomenal time, a really good day on the um, 6th of September, but the 13 degrees of Virgo. Uh, so have you got anything around 13 degrees Virgo? Because um, this Kazemi is going to highlight in crucial detail. It's stuff we need to know. It's the information we need to go forward. And and this, like I say, for instance, this is a really good day for any of those kids that had to retake or have their exam results remarked. This is like bingo. If you get results on that day, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. It's going to be the everything you need to know happening um, on the 6th of September. So this is although we might be in the go slow retrograde of six planets in retrograde, the 6th of September is the abracadabra alakazam. Here it is. Got what I wanted. This is the thing I've been waiting for. But really, this is the thing I've been working diligently because it's Virgo. This is the thing I've been diligently working towards. It's beautiful. And um, I think we should all mark that day in our diaries to um, expect something really cool to happen. 
And yeah, mark up, especially if you've got something around 13 degrees Virgo. Uh, be joyous and expect new ideas and new new items, new information to drop. And looking deeper into this Kazemi, this Kazemi at 13 degrees is going to be trine Jupiter at 15 degrees Taurus. And of course, you know, Jupiter, that's the day after Jupiter has gone retrograde. And then also this Jupiter is also just exchanged deals with Venus in the square. So this is kind of like a nice little flow where Jupiter meets both the inner planets where, you know, Venus goes from retrograde to direct in a square to Jupiter. And then Mercury has a Kazemi in a trine to Jupiter, to Earth planets. So, um, you know, the inner planets here that Jupiter are, are is working with is like a the inner planets relating to our personal lives. And therefore, this is kind of like a nice blessing. This is Jupiter going, yeah, this is this is an approval of whatever you're getting up to. Venus, Mercury and Jupiter, all in a nice little flow piece together, are definitely giving humanity a sacred kiss, an acknowledgement of our work, giving us top marks. And so I say, use this blessing wisely on this day and around that time, really. By the 12th of September, Mercury will have retrograded back to eight degrees Virgo. And this is the point that he's come back to. And he will station here for about a week at eight degrees Virgo. So again, anything that um, is happening for you, if you've got anything on eight degrees Virgo, that will need looking at. Because then on the 15th of September, we've got the new moon at Vir in Virgo at 21 degrees. And of course, 21 degrees is the spot where Mercury retrograded from. So the new moon at this sitting on that retrograde point at 21 degrees Virgo is going to highlight the whole process. Well, we've got um, Mercury retrograding or stationing at the eight degrees. So it's between eight degrees and 21 degrees. So here, while we're planning, the Virgo planning, checking the detail, creating new habits, looking at our diet, you know, now that with this new moon in Virgo, it's like, yeah, now, now I've done the research. Now I can make it happen. Now we can push go on all our diligent little items, our gifts, our, our dedications, those things that we've done in detail that may have been seemingly behind the scenes, we can now press go on with this wonderful new moon in Virgo. Because on the afternoon of the 15th, Mercury then goes direct. So in the morning, we have the new moon in Virgo uh, and at that 21 degrees Virgo. And in the afternoon, we have Mercury going direct in Virgo at from eight degrees. So that's the whole degree. That's from 21 to eight degrees is the whole retrograde process of Mercury. So this is like a pheno another phenomenal exchange of planetary aspects. You know, a new moon at the degree of the Mercury retrograde at the same time that Mercury goes direct all on the same day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So if you've got anything within this point of the zodiac between eight degrees and 21 degrees Virgo and including that 13 degree Kazemi point, there's all quite a beautiful things going on for you there. This is a reconsideration and a realignment. And, you know, like the 
moving forward after the intake of breath, the uh, period of solitude and reflection to then allow it to blossom in a really beautiful and very specific way as Mercury goes forward. Mercury is now moving forward and he doesn't leave the shadow zone till the last day of September. So from now on to then, this is a really nice time to, um, you know, to, to pick up the pieces and moving forward and understand that you've done the work. This is a really good start, a gentle start, you know, to be considering to going back and great for the new school term where maybe it's been a kerfuffle at first. Um, yeah, no, no, that's a really lovely flow forward. So then moving on to the 19th of September, we have the sun moving on to 26 degrees Virgo, where she likes to do her planning and be precise. And she is now opposite Neptune, Neptune in Pisces. And of course, Neptune in Pisces, there's no planning involved there. It's like open season. Like, you know, this is your dreamy imagination. It's the magic, but it's also where you're just lost in the reverie. So the two together, there's these whole loose ends that and this imaginative world, magical world with the Neptune in Pisces and the sun comes along to a poise it and it's like Mary Poppins. Chop, chop. Come on. <laughs> you can't stay in that reverie. We've got things to do. We've got a checklist. Let's write this checklist down. And also, in a way, you know, you could think there's so there's such opposite energies. But really, this is a time for us to go, you know what? I can do this. This is my this is my dream piece. This is my imagination. I want this big house. I want all this money. I want this person. I want my business to flourish, whatever it is, your imagination. This is a time to make a little checklist with Virgo and go, right, tick, tick, tick. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to work for. These are the small little pieces that I can put into place on this day to make it happen. And, and likewise, it's a day to like wake up from some of that reverie and look at what is really going on. You be observant of what is really happening and maybe be observant of what maybe there is that is just flowing out of your control and then bring it back. So that's the 19th of September. Straight after that, our dear Virgo sun then makes a trine to Pluto in Capricorn. Of course, Pluto is going to power up anything that comes into contact. And so there it's like um, the Virgo sun walking straight into this wall of intensity of power. And so, yeah, so get your dreams working for this. Then the next day, the meeting with Pluto, the trine meeting and a trine is a nice, easy flow. So Pluto now is back at 27 degrees in Capricorn. And of course, that is the degree of America's natal Pluto. So we've got America's natal return, Pluto return going on um, now. Pluto is going to reverse back until the 11th October. It's actually reversing back to 27, 54 arc minutes. And the actual degree is 27 degrees, 33 arc minutes. So there's like 20, 19 degree arc minutes missing here. But um, it's going back to this degree and very, very close. So this is the kind of third or fourth hit that um, Pluto is making on America's Pluto return. And so it's going to be a very significant day for America when it happens on the 11th of October. But for now, 
the Virgo is highlighting that. The Virgo sun is highlighting that. So it's almost like, look, America, you know, this is what you've got to do. This is what's happening. And it's not just America. It's the whole Western world, really. Wake up. This is what's going on. This is what our leaders are doing. This is what they're planning. And do we want that? And can what little things can we do in Virgo to to make sure that we get what we want? Um, so power up to the Virgo sun. She's really due dil- doing the due diligence on this. And it's really about doing the right thing, even when no one is looking um, and perhaps calling out the hypocrisy of the Capricorn ideas of the global leaders who have had too much power now that Pluto's been in Capricorn for 15 years. There's too much going on and it's exposing the corruption So that's 19th, 20th of September. The 23rd of September is the equinox. Uh, This is the equal day, equal night. And that happens at 7.49 a.m. in British summertime. Um, So I don't know how that relates. That will still be in uh, the 23rd for most of America and most of Australia, I think. And... um, This equinox happens when the sun moves into Libra. Then there's a nice, Libra is about balance. So this is the equal balance between night and day on the planet. And this is why I think I'm a fan of the tropical astrology, which is what we're discussing now, because in Vedic astrology, it doesn't follow the Earth's seasonal calendar. In tropical astrology, we very much attach to earthly concerns and what's happening on the earth uh, and what we are experiencing here. And here the planet is having its night, equal night and day. It is the equinox. So here we are at uh, 0 degree Libra on the 23rd. Also on the 23rd, we've got Venus in Leo now making a trine to Chiron in Aries. And on the 24th, we've got Mars making a square to Chiron. So Chiron's slightly active around this equinox. Uh, Chiron is at 18 degrees um, Aries. And so this is like, right, this is the equal day and equal night with Chiron active in Aries. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions and for what I understand is my own healing. This is a day to do that, you know, get into your own balance within and understand that your the earth is in balance. You can match that balance, that harmony within. And it's your responsibility to do so because the planets here are helping you get there. And so if Venus is making a trine to Chiron and Mars is making a square to Chiron at 18 degrees, it means that Venus is in sextile to Mars. And so Venus is in Leo, Mars is in Libra. And we know I've always called the sextiles a sexy sextile. And when Venus and Mars are really working together, you know, the divine masculine and the divine feminine working in a sexy sextile. You you don't need me to tell you or do the math on that. It's just a lovely time to really get into your own wonderful vibe. So don't we need some of all these good things that are happening in September? It's like at last. Anyway, on the 29th of September, we have the full moon in Aries. This is at six degrees Aries. And so this is going to be another tick to get going. Like tick, yep, yep. Check in. We're ready. Aries likes to take action. And this is like it's the starter klaxon. This is a day to get your body moving 
do something. You have to physically move or get thinking, get something happening. Do something for yourself. Now, and, and take a step forward, make a, take a step forward that you never have done before. Do something you've never done before. Because the six degrees Aries point where the moon is on this uh, full moon, it's not conjunct any other planet, really. Now, that's that's unusual. I guess you could say it's in a semi sextile to um, to Saturn. But really, we're not counting that semi sextile because that's in the next sign along. So when there's a semi sextile like that, it's like they they know the other person's doing it. They're not really paying attention. So just working in the same way. So this Aries new moon at six degrees is kind of quite rare to have this unaspected moon. The moon's on her own here. And so this is like a singular treat in Aries. And Aries is the singular. This is Aries the man. Aries the the idea and the the man on his own. You know, it's it's me first. And um so yeah, give yourself a treat and do something you've never done for yourself before on this day of the 29th of September. We've had so many good things happening. You should be in a good place to do it. Now, and I was refer back to Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, when she spends a whole book telling you about how to get your creative juices flowing, especially if you've got a creative block. So, but she says, if you, to save you reading the book, there's two definite must do's that you have to do out of this and one is the morning pages which is I'm a big fan of three pages of full scrap writing about whatever's in your conscious before your in your sorry whatever's in your subconscious before the conscious brain really kicks in in the morning uh, I find that fascinating and the second thing she says do a date once a week with yourself and that might be just to the coffee shop. It might be to an art gallery or to the park. It might be just something that you do that you go, right, I'm doing this for myself. And this Aries new moon on the 29th of September is exactly what you should be doing. Um, so I hope that you find that inspirational and that I want to find out what you do do. I need, a, I need ideas for the date with yourself. So thank you for listening to September Stars and uh, I look forward to hearing some of your experiences and seeing you um, very soon. Thank you.